You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 118. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are going to talk about PPM, Project Portfolio Management, is dead. Long live strategic portfolio management. True business agility is impossible if execution is disconnected from strategy. Indeed, Gartner now makes a clear distinction between traditional PPM execution tools and strategic portfolio management capabilities. If you're still only focused on PPM project execution, or you're using execution tools to try and address strategic portfolio management problems, which are different, you're probably missing the critical capabilities needed to truly drive business transformation. This episode is sponsored by UMT360. Gartner advises any organization looking to drive business agility to adopt a best-of-breed strategic portfolio management solution, in addition to any tools used to manage execution. UMT360 is positioned in Gartner's recent Magic Quadrant report with a solution that delivers all of the missing strategic portfolio management capabilities you'll need to align all execution with strategy. You can learn more at umt360.com. That's umt360.com. So let's dive in. I'd like to introduce you to our speaker for today, Ben Chamberlain. Ben is the Chief Product and Marketing Officer at UMT360, responsible for the strategic direction and worldwide go-to-market activities for UMT360's strategic portfolio management solutions. So there's no one better to talk to us about why what we're doing, if we're only focusing on PPM, is going to cause us problems if we're trying to drive high impact outcomes for the organization. So with that said, Ben, thank you so much for being here today. Great to be here, Laura. Awesome. I'm excited because I've been telling PMO leaders for years, helping PMO leaders understand that their number one goal is to help the organization deliver on their strategy with the highest possible return on investment that they can as quickly as possible. And that means that what we're doing, if we're just focused on PPM, is probably not going to help us get there if our goal is really strategy delivery with that high ROI. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come here and talk to us about this. And I'd like to just dive right in if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you and I have heard a lot about strategic portfolio management, but we may be having some folks in our audience, some of our impact drivers that have really been focused on PPM. So can you help us understand the differences between SPM and PPM to just to start and kind of lay the groundwork here? Yeah, happy to. Strategic portfolio management is a relatively new discipline. I guess we use kind of Gartner as maybe a yardstick here, and they've just really started reporting on the space in the last 12 to 18 months. What's interesting, we've been in the space of portfolio management for longer than I care to remember. We, we built our first product back in the early 2000s when Gartner was just reporting on sort of project and resource management, right, as we knew it right. back then. Now, even back then, right, there was a big focus, especially coming out of the kind of recession of, look, we want to focus on 
selecting the right projects, the projects that or investments that align with our strategy. And then we want to use you know, good project execution techniques to deliver on them well. So it was all about selecting mm-hmm. the right things and then right. delivering the right things well. Right. And that's when back in, I think it was 2003, 2004, Gartner first came out with the PPM magic quadrant. So project right. and portfolio management, where they smashed together you know, two separate and distinct disciplines. There was a community of portfolio managers, right, doing their kind of investment planning. And then there was your you know, tried and tested execution folks that were delivering these things well in whatever techniques were apparent at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's when PPM was first kind of brought to the mainstream. I think it was 2003, 2004. And it was merging those two disciplines because you needed both the project P, project execution, and the second P, which is portfolio management. Now, we always were top-down portfolio management kind of orientated organization, providing kind of analytics to ensure you were selecting the right things. What kind of frustrated us from 2003 almost until today is that that second P, the portfolio management P, was underutilized and underinvested, right? It felt like, certainly in you know, from 2003 to 2010, that it was the project execution folks that picked up the mantle and the responsibility for the PMO, at, you know, whether yeah. that was a domain PMO or an enterprise function, right? But started just applying the same old techniques, right? We're going to put the right structure in place for executing projects well. And often right. said, look, we can't even pass go until we have instigated the right foundation for time reporting, right? For us, right. PPM has always been about right-sizing your investments in portfolio management, so top-down controls, as well as the bottom-up, right? But right. for some reason, portfolio management relatively is uninvested in as a capability in comparison to project execution. So right. I, I won't go through the evolution of PPM, but in more recently, Gartner sort of threw the hands up and said, I see this now, right? As right. there's a mandate for organizations to drive greater agility to, to really accelerate business transformation, right? There's been a big push lately, right? How do we do that? One of the reasons for that rise of agile is that, right? We want an agile right. business, so we need agile execution. Unfortunately, everyone went through the same kind of mistakes of instigating a bottom-up agile technique or process, right? And bumping right. into all the missing things around portfolio management. So Gartner eventually said, okay, enough's enough. We need to differentiate the disciplines of execution and portfolio management. So last year, they turned around and said, we're going to sort of reposition the market space. We don't, we're not going to focus on PPM anymore because we need a separate strategic portfolio management discipline, which is basically you know, pulling that second P out and just focusing on that. And then we recognize the fact that there's going to be a whole wide variety of project execution techniques often used in the same organization, agile, waterfall, and everything in between. And we're going to call that adaptive project management and reporting, right? Mm-hmm. So saying as an organization, now you need to focus on the strategic portfolio management capabilities separately, distinctly, but yet integrated with however you're doing execution. And what they're right. actually saying is to move the needle because it's been relatively uninvested in, you should focus on those strategic portfolio management capabilities. And we can talk more about what's included in that. That's really what's happening. So you think about 2003, they smashed the disciplines together because it made sense. Now right. they're saying, no, it doesn't make sense because we really need to treat them separate, distinctly, but they need to be integrated. Do you need both to accelerate business transformation? Right. Well, and I mean, to me, it makes perfect sense because the scary thing is, and I've read some statistics around this recently, Ben, is that most of the workers in one study, it was 95% of the workers in an organization don't actually understand their organization strategy. So you have all these people doing projects 
and you're getting, and let's say your PMO is really focused on getting project execution better, right? But it doesn't matter if you're getting really good at things that are not going to help move the business forward from a strategic perspective, right? So there's this, I see this gap between the way many organizations are operating from the strategy, here's the big picture of what we want to do. And part of the reason it's so disconnected from the people that are doing the work is that it's literally disconnected from the people that are doing the work and it's disconnected from those projects. So what's your take on what Gartner's kind of done to adjust course with the respect to PPM and SPM? What are you taking from that? I'm not sure they're adjusting course because they're, they're just placing more emphasis on strategic mm-hmm. portfolio management because it's been underinvested in relative to project execution. And so they're they're, they're wanting people now to focus on that in the right ratio. And to me, that's always started with strategic alignment, right? Right. And we have slides, which we use with every organization we speak with, that diagnoses where are you in terms of your top-down strategic planning techniques. And there right. are three techniques we generically see organizations using from the tried and tested project-driven approach, which we actually were responsible for kind of industrializing in the early 2000s, to a movement to now product and or program-driven planning, which really starts with decomposing from the strategy into major investments, so bulk funding right. and that product program initiative level, and then driving down into the execution, or be that agile waterfall and everything in between, exactly. or moving to a full capability product-driven investment approach, which goes beyond just managing the project execution into managing the business and IT assets you're looking to transform relative to your strategy. So that all starts, as you kind of rightly say, with the strategy and coming down into the organization, right? Because what we found with the original project-driven investment approach, which was commonly used in that kind of annual planning mode, you know, you started with the strategy, you know, people, you know, smart people, key stakeholders who are in a dark room, defining and prioritizing strategy and then through that annual planning process people were capturing project requests disconnected from the strategy but as part of any structured business case maybe there was a way to impact or to understand the contribution of an investment to the strategy right and then use semi-sophisticated techniques to prioritize optimize and select the best bundle of work right the problem there was as you say it's disconnected right you never knew whether you started out with the right demand you just know you selected the best of whatever was teed up because you use the strategy as a filter mechanism. So most organizations we work with today understand kind of two frailties of that approach, right? Which is one, they've got to generate the execution directly from the strategy, which means you start from the strategy and come down into the actionable investments where you know concretely you have the right demand. The question is when you can get to it, right? And the other thing is this transition from annual planning to more of a continuous dynamic framework, right? And and those are the two, if I had to diagnose an organization within 30 seconds, that is the, you know, I'd ask them, where are they today in that paradigm of moving from the left to right, from project-driven to a full product-aligned, capability-aligned framework where you get a 360 view, hence our name, across all investments, operation activity and spend, as well as project activity and spend, right? And, And that's it. And I think to me, Portfolio management has been consistent in that regard for as long as we've been focused on it. I feel like I'm in the second half of my career now. So I've been focused on this for 20 plus years, right? And now it's becoming mainstream and people are really focusing on how they transition to that better decomposition of strategy into the underlying execution. And there's a lot to that, right? It's not necessarily simple because there's a bunch of changes systemically you need to make in an organization to achieve that. Yeah, for sure. And as you're saying all of this, I'm thinking about our PMO leaders specifically, right? This is the PMO Impact Summit. And a lot of what we talk about at the summit is how they, we have a whole track 
on strategy, a whole track on future readiness, a whole track on executive perspective, specifically because these are the areas where I believe PMOs can step up and play a better role, a better role in helping the organization solve this big problem. Because the, when the PMO like is first being created or as PMO leaders coming into the organization, they're saying, okay, where should I focus my energy? This is where I would start right? Because if you don't get this right, and you just, for example, like you're saying, just get really good at project execution, how do you know you're even working on the right projects? And how do the people on that projects know how to perform optimally based on what the strategic goals are? If there's no connection there, they can't do that, right? And so I believe that it's not, personally, I think this is this is why this topic was so cool to me. It's not just getting good at portfolio management. It's getting good at making sure that we keep that, that we're aligned right from the start. That's what I tell my students. You've got to be aligned right from the start. And understand what that strategy is and be able to weave that through every layer of the organization. And by being aligned from the start and keeping that thread running all the way through, you are solving a major business problem that most organizations struggle with, right? They've even started it, they get it, they know they got to do it, but then something breaks in the process. And as a PMO, you're coming in and you're like, okay, a lot of PMO leaders were traditionally told, go create a bunch of templates and tools and process. And so they're like, great, we're going to do all these things. And none of it matters if they don't solve the biggest business problems that their stakeholders see, that the business leaders see, right? The ones that are looking for the ROI for the PMO, Right. So I think as all you PMO leaders that are watching this, you need to be thinking, where can I help close that gap between the strategy and the execution on the ground? Because there's so many layers between all of that and so many processes that could be breaking that in your organization where you start out with good intent. Great. You do the strategy work. Are you involved in the strategic planning process? If you're not, you should be. And then what can you do to make sure that that alignment stays through and that the decisions made at the portfolio level in one particular department and in another department still roll back up to that big strategic perspective? So I just wanted to take a moment, Ben, and just like help our PMO leaders understand this is a really good place to start if you're looking to make a big impact in the organization quickly. And it's not, none of this is overnight, but there's some, probably some things that you could do fairly quickly to start closing that gap. So, but before we get into that, I'm curious if you can kind of touch on why now, like why is Gartner paying attention to this now? Why is now a good time for people to start doing something about this strategic portfolio management? Because I'm saying, look, you should be doing it PMO leaders, but why is it so important that they're doing it right now? One, I think Gartner reports in kind of arrears, right? So I'm not sure they're they're saying right now you should be focusing on it because you should have been focused on it a couple of years ago, right? I mean, if you think about it a a couple of years back, right, where everyone was talking about not PPM is dead, but project is dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as a project anymore, right? It's all going to be a product. We're moving from project to product. Waterfall is a thing of the past. It's all going to be agile, right? And back then, you know, as portfolio people, we were like, no way, even though we felt like we were swimming upstream on this one. No way, because when we look at any major enterprise, we work with, you know, fairly major sort of multinational organizations that have complex problems to solve when they're managing their investment portfolios and and accelerate transformation. We said, no way. When we look across the enterprise we work, there's always going to be a mixed bag of project execution, traditional, waterfall and back of the napkin, whatever, different work management tool. So we were saying that, look, one of the things, if that is going to be the reality, something we call the trimodal reality, a play on Gartner's bimodal, 
if that if that reality is true, and that's proven to be true, because Gartner is now saying that they're reporting on project execution as adaptive project management, and that includes all forms of project execution, right. then you need that strategic portfolio management function to be able to harmonize and govern and set a new course is needed on top of that, right? Because the trouble right. is that, especially when, let's, let's say that it is right for a, for a function within an organization or even the entire organization to go agile. And, and in some cases, that is the case. I'm not anti-agile. I'm just proponent for agile at, at the right at right ratio in, in right. an organization. Logical, when it makes yeah. sense, right? <laughs> so, but let's say that it was right. Well, what we found is most organizations that roll it out, they default straight to the bottoms up approach. The same way yeah. that people used to, to default to the bottoms up approach of implementing waterfall, starting with the timesheet and building and like I say, and templates and building from there, right? right. The same thing happened with Agile, right? It, it, they started with bottom up Agile. It grew like crazy, like weeds across the organization and different, different teams are doing it in different ways. And suddenly the stakeholders, the people they only care about a couple of things when it comes to projects, which is what is it? What's the value it's going to deliver? When's it going to deliver it? And how much it's going to cost? And maybe they want to drill into resource impact, but not normally. Then that may more be a PMO function in terms of can we do it with the capabilities we have in the organization. But when they care about it, they don't care about how you get it done, right? Waterfall, agile. If it goes wrong, I'm going to fire you either way, right? It doesn't necessarily matter to them, right? So the point is they needed portfolio management to be able to see the woods for the trees. And when agile execution got rolled out, people at that level couldn't tell what was going on. We experienced the same when we switched our own product development completely to agile. We kind of lost track for a while in terms of exactly when we were going to hit deliverables and stuff like that. So not sure if I'm fully answering the question, but I think portfolio management isn't about right now. Portfolio management should have been introduced or people should have been focused on it years ago. But now I think that the strategic portfolio management represents the business value that an organization needs to derive, right? The PMO needs to be, whether it's a PMO, whether it's an enterprise PMO, whether it's a strategy realization office, however you're organizing your office control functions in an enterprise, right? Someone needs to be focused on deriving value and when that's going to occur and can we maximize that value? Do we need to change course when things happen to ensure that value? So it's, it's just becoming very topical. I think maybe the pandemic has has, has had a uh, raised the importance of it even further because everyone was kind of disrupted equally, right? right. And you know, that's really given rise to the importance of being able to do dynamic analysis, model the impact of change, set course. But it all comes down to really focusing on treating something as a business investment, going beyond the schedule yes. or simple time and understanding the other elements of it, right. how much it costs. What's the value it's going to derive? What's the resource impact, right? And this kind of stuff. And then being able to manage all those data sets, right, in parallel. So to me, it's just, I think that every organization at the moment is challenging their employees to accelerate transformation, not to get disrupted, right? And obviously the digital business transformation space kind of brought that to the surface, although I don't like digital transformation right to me it's business transformation and there's a digital component right we do right the enterprise where it and technology is a subset of that and i think i think strategic portfolio management really is a enterprise capability and discipline it's not just an it discipline so i, th- I think it's just organizations are thinking of investments today and right. me strategic portfolio management is about treating everything as an investment versus a tactical project 
Yes, Ben, you are speaking my love language. <laughs> this is exactly what I've been trying to get PMO leaders to think about and to talk about and to focus their energy on when they're thinking about the services they provide for an organization. I just want to touch on one of the value bombs you threw out there, which is the way I would translate is IT is a service to the business. You're right. It's not about digital transformation. It's business transformation. Because when you think about it, what is it that we're changing digitally and why? And to answer that why is always coming back to a business problem, right? And so I think it's important for our PMO leaders, our impact drivers listening to this, to be thinking about why am I doing what I'm doing? And that really starts with the business problem that we're trying to solve and the best way to solve that business problem. Sometimes technology is the solution to that. Sometimes, not even always. And I think you're spot on with There's a lot of different ways to implement the project, right? But I think this whole argument of project management versus agile has a false premise to even start with. One is an implementation methodology and one is a set of practices in order to deliver on the strategic outcomes for the organization, right? So agile is a chosen implementation approach, just like waterfall, just like the back of the envelope of the napkin planning. However you do it, the fact is, is that you're choosing to implement the change you need to bring about in a specific methodology, implementation method but you still have to do project management. And so I think your earlier point of you guys really weren't on board when they say project management was dead and it's all product management, you still implement that product through projects, right? So to me, I thought it was just another fad kind of argument because you're still creating unique services, products, deliverables, outcomes, and each of those needs to be managed the way each of those individual projects makes sense to achieve the result. But no matter what implementation methodology you choose, you still got to manage risk. You're still working to a schedule. You may do it differently, but you still have to, you have to be able to tell your business leaders when their strategy is going to be delivered through these projects and products, right? And so I think that a lot of people have been spending a lot of time creating buzz and noise around the wrong conversation. And I think what you're getting to here and what I truly believe is the right way to be focusing for all of our PMO leaders is stop fighting over the noise that just makes your business leaders look at you and say, clearly they don't get it. When what we should be doing is saying, what is the strategy? Why are these the projects to deliver on that strategy? Why is this strategy so important? And how do I ensure that we are laser focused on achieving the outcomes that this strategy is intended to achieve? And how you do that could be different for one initiative versus another, for one part of your strategy versus another. We're going through this with one of my clients right now. They have four major strategic initiatives that are transforming the entire organization. And the way you solve them is very different for each one. Each one, the plan looks different, the way they're going to implement it looks different, but you know what? They are extremely aligned with the strategy. Implementation approaches will be different. The people involved will be different. Everything will be different, but you know what? Every single one of those initiatives, the strategy is clear and we're investing a lot of time making sure everyone understands the strategy, the goals, and the way the organization is going to change and serve their members in this case as a result of this, right? So I think that for PMO leaders, we need to be much more focused on what you're talking about here is, well, we should have been doing this all along. And and the organizations, Ben, that were successful have been doing this, right? That's great that Gartner's talking about it now. It's great that it's more interesting now. And people are like, this is now the thing to talk about. Please, organizations have been doing this for decades. Here's our strategy. We need to deliver on that strategy. Everyone needs to understand that. And the ones that were successful were doing that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the buzzwords are always an issue, right? When you think about yeah. digital business transformation, that's the first big buzzword, right? I mean, right. you've got not just vendors in the, in the traditional PPM space focusing on you know, every vendor from Microsoft saying moving moving to the cloud or Amazon saying moving to the cloud, that is digital business transformation. 
right? To me, one, I don't like, as we talked about, I don't like digital business transformation because it's about business transformation all up. But really what strategic portfolio management represents is a blueprint to be able to look at business transformation, right? It's a structured yeah. approach, a set of processes, supporting tool sets, whatever. And it's actually, it is an approach. And that's why I think we've been enjoying the last few years quite a lot is because it, we, we come up with a, an approach to implement a framework yeah. for business transformation and strategic portfolio management is that discipline. Forget about the tool set that is, is the process side that you need. Right. And as I said earlier, really, it, it starts with what is that investment governance strategic planning framework to be able to go from top to bottom and right. keep everything orchestrated, right? And right. there's too many buzzwords, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about, because you mentioned the word outcomes already, right? Everyone talking about moving from benefits realization to outcome management, power for OKRs and stuff like that, right? Right. To me, uh, or, you know, and, and you mentioned project to product, right? And I said that we weren't a fan of that. I'm right. a massive fan of, of moving to a product-based thinking. I'm just not limiting to it, it to agile execution, right? Right. To me, when you think about decomposition of strategy into products, bulk funding at the product level, lightening, which is the key into moving to a product-based approach, lightening the governance at the execution layer, epics, projects, whatever. Right. To me, that's very similar to how we used to do program management back in the day, right? Decomposition yep. strategy into major programs, bulk fund are there, and then allow for the program manager to self-fund the projects within the funding parameters of the program, right? Right. So the, here's my problem, right? I said earlier, portfolio management to me has been portfolio management for as long as we've been practicing it. And I kind of grew up in the school of portfolio management in the early, early 2000s. It's right. now becoming mainstream. And a lot of buzzwords are making it sound like it's a new thing. It isn't a new thing. So we can talk about outcome management. To me, it's a cousin of benefits realization. Just because people right. fail to implement a benefits realization framework is sometimes easier to give it a new get name and go at it again. And that is okay. Part of my role is marketing. I'm all for rebranding things and, and, and off you go. But it's not okay if you repeat all the same mistakes, right? Right. Exactly. Oh, exactly right. As you were talking about this, I was saying, you know what, the, when I, in 1999, I got the chance to build my first PMO in the middle of the dot-com insanity and helping brick and mortar stores get their, create e-commerce stores, et cetera. The very first PMO that I built, the very first thing I did was put a portfolio management function in place so that we could look at the portfolio of all the initiatives, understand the priorities, understand who was working on what, make better decisions, make sure it was aligned with our strategy and the objectives we were trying to accomplish. And then also, of course, align with the strategy of our stakeholders, our customers, et cetera. So you're absolutely right. None of this is new, no. but sometimes it feels like we do have to change the, the language to get people to get it that aren't, right? And no, that's- I think so. I think so. And even that, that's where, even with the PMO, and I think I've even heard you say this, right? Maybe, you know, rebranding the PMO to something different is right because it, it, it may well be that the PMO has a tactical perception when really you're trying to, to generate a value-oriented function. So we, we right. see as many, whatever the right. first word is or letter, many transformation offices or realization offices, right. or value offices, which is akin right. to the enterprise PMO, that still needs to work with the domain PMOs, but right. they need to take responsibility for portfolio management. And the risk to me, especially when you take a, an IT PMO and, and you move them to the enterprise, again, it's the, the leopard changing the spots, right? It's fine to do that because they tend to be the more structured project and portfolio management thinkers in the organization, but they have to understand, they have to change the way they're doing things. It isn't just an execution function. Unfortunately, right. you said IT is, is, for whatever's been talked about over the years of having a seat at the table, they have been more of an execution orientated function. Right. So they have been specializing on time, on budget, 
right. delivery. And, and that to me is an exercise in futility because projects by definition are going to go wrong, right? So it isn't about, you know, everyone being successful. It's, I used to work for a company whose slogan was every project successful. And like, I don't believe that was true because right. it's about when to invest and when to divest and move on, right? Exactly. Oh my gosh, this is so good. This is so good. And these are the kind of things that I've been telling my students for years. And going back to the whole, is the timing right for us to be thinking about strategic portfolio management and where it works and when it works? Over the last couple of years, my students that have been in my impact, what I call the impact engine PMO program did really well during the pandemic because they had their seat at the table because they were solving strategic business problems. They were addressing business problems, not project problems. They were having business conversations, not project conversations. So when one of the largest community health centers in the country, in the US, needed to set up a COVID testing center in three days, they called the PMO leader, right? They said, you're going to help me solve my business problem, right? And the PMO leader didn't say, sorry, I got to put you through a 643 line process in order to solve this, we got to do all of our project stuff. No, they said, let's solve this business problem. What's the fastest way to do that? Same thing with a very huge, well-known, globally known brand name who relied heavily on their brick and mortar stores that now all were closed during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Same thing for school systems. I have several students that are in university level PMOs, PMOs in the universities, different K through 12 systems, school systems, big, big business problems that needed to be solved. And our PMO leaders were the ones called for this because they understood that it was about staying in alignment with that strategy. And that often means we need to pivot and can't keep doing the same continuous improvement, templates, tools, and process stuff. We need to go solve the business problem. And sometimes that means we need to break our process, right? And we need to find it. You want you to find more nimble and flexible ways to adapt and solve that business problem. So that's the kinds of things I feel like the good ones were doing this already. The big the organizations that were successful, you talk about being the good to great, right? Listen, mm -hmm. if you want to be great, you need to know how to solve business problems. If you want your PMO to be successful, if you want your seat at the table, you've got to be solving business problems. And I think that starts with understanding what the strategy is and how to deliver that. And when that strategy changes, being nimble and flexible and adapting as well. One of the whole steps in our framework, our impact driver framework is called adapt to thrive. I'm sick of hearing PMO advice be, oh, here's your survival techniques for the PMO. If your PMO is in survival mode, it's because you're doing all the things we're talking about that you shouldn't be doing, right? The PMOs that are, get it, that are aligned with the strategy, they're solving business problems, that understand that what they're there to do is solve business problems, not project problems, are the ones that have no problems with, they don't have to sell the PMO. They don't have to worry about survival mode. They're constantly thriving because they get what we're talking about here. So for our PMO leaders who are listening, I think we've sold you enough on the fact that you need to be focused on all of this stuff. So Ben, my next question is the, their question, which is how do you know, what are the indicators of the telltale signs within an organization that would help these PMO leaders understand when we need to start adding more strategic portfolio management capabilities to how they're providing service to the organization now as PMOs? That's a good question. And so 12 imperatives that may suggest you, you need to invest in strategic portfolio management. I've had a oh, webcast last week where we're talking about the 12 things that may suggest you've got a, a nasty dose of project executionitis, right? So to me, I'm not going to bore you every, every single one of them, but if, if I take the kind of two sort of key tenants to me of, of strategic portfolio management, the first is recognizing the trimodal reality, right? The, mm -hmm. That if, as I say, and, and it may not be the case, again, if you're just a, a PMO in one function, you don't have an enterprise uh, viewpoint, then, then this may not apply. But I, I encourage you anyway to take an enterprise mindset because why, why not? So going back to what I said, trimodal reality, different project execution techniques, different tools being used by different teams in the same enterprise. 
That's one of the biggest challenges organizations come to us today with. We need to be able to harmonize and get control of this, right? How do you do resource management when you've got dedicated teams and traditional teams and hybrid work in one place? How do you do capacity planning when you've got different allocation techniques, right? It's, right. it's a challenge and people held hostage in different tools. So that trimodal reality is a foundation, right? Because it's, it's a reality, it's here to stay, right? Gonna, there's there's you know, different project execution systems and tools being released every week, it seems, right? There's hundreds of them out there, right? And they and, and people can swipe a credit card and, and off they go, right? So that is the reality. Now, to me, one of the biggest challenges in business transformation is dependency management, right? Mm. And, and, and I'm not just talking about project to project dependency. I'm talking about if you're going to transform your business, you're orchestrating all investments, which means, right. yes, let's focus on how well we orchestrate our projects and our programs and projects, our initiatives, our epics. It, it doesn't matter. But understand the fact that these things were funded to make a transformational change to something else. Enhance a product, launch a service, retire an application that may, may be automating a capability. So we, we have to understand that we've got to go beyond just the execution focus, even if we're adopting a product or program driven mindset, which is still just tailored to the discretionary spend into understanding what are the fundamental changes we're making to our business and IT assets, our products and services relative to our strategy. And in bringing these portfolios together so I can understand this project is retiring this app that's supporting this capability that's enhancing or that is part of this strategy or instrumental to this product, right? Seeing that, that connectivity, yeah. what we call a connected enterprise, right, is important. And we, as we talked about moving from project-driven to product-program-driven to a capability or product-driven enterprise, that last step, which is it directs you where everyone is going, is where you bring all parts of your business together so you can orchestrate all change. And under, underpinning that is dependency management, right? Of how the understanding the six degrees of separation of everything so you can orchestrate change quickly in your organization. So the two big rocks of strategic portfolio management to me is the trimodal and is the is understanding that you need to go beyond just the execution into orchestrating all investments, right? Across your business and IT assets. Now, as we come down from there, there's a bunch more, right? But as I said before, really to me, it's about the next big one is how do you derive the execution from the strategy and going from right. that project driven to product program driven to capability aligned investment approaches and what it means to systematically elevate your organization's governance processes to achieve that. You know, that is a big thing. Everything else then falls within that, right? Whether we're right. talking about benefits realization and outcome management, where we're right. saying, look, many PPM tools have they're always focused on resource and schedule. But if you're treating something like a business investment, then you've got to become the capital steward in your enterprise, right? So right. having integrated financial information or cost information is fundamentally important. No, yes, we can get lost in the minutiae of whatever scheduling technique. But right. to me, there's a lot of uh, talk around road mapping, right? I mean, right. it was like there's whole new tool sets coming out around road mapping, which is just repositioning the whole PPM space, right? They're doing everything, but under the guise of a roadmap, right? right. But the roadmap is key, right? Because, but a roadmap is a macro schedule, right? And so right. being able to see that dependency, be able to orchestrate the change without getting sure. lost in the weeds of the minutiae is key. And it goes on, it goes on, I mean, from there, but those those are some of the key things in our ebook and even in our, our assessment we, we, we do in terms of readiness for strategic portfolio management. Kind of look at these areas, all these key capabilities and ask yourself, you know, are you experiencing these issues and if you are the chances are that you know, you've underinvested in the second p or now what we're calling strategic portfolio management 
So I want to, Ben, I want to touch on one thing because it's something that I've been talking a lot about and I wasn't sure how long I'd been talking about it. It felt like forever, but this outcome shifting the focus from outputs to outcomes. And you mentioned that a couple of times. So I want to use that as an example, because I think you're right. Sometimes we have to say things in a different way so that people understand them. So I went back and looked and I started this business in 2013 and I started consulting for PMO leaders, you know, after spending 15 years inside organizations, building and running PMOs myself. Like I started doing that, like I said, in 1999. And in 2012, 2013, some of my advisors were saying, you've got to help people understand what you already know so intuitively. And this outcomes-focused thinking was one of those pieces that I figured out. I started blogging about in 2014. We need to stop thinking about what we do as driving outputs, right? The deliverables for the projects and start driving outcomes as an attempt to help people understand that alignment that they need to drive and redefine their success. You see the mistake a lot of PMO leaders and project managers make is they define their success by the triple constraint. They define their success by being on time, on scope, on budget. But if that project shouldn't be finished, like you said, it should be divested in, for example, we shouldn't be investing in that project because it's the wrong project to do. It's not going to, it maybe at one point was going to achieve the outcomes, but now it's not right. And, or your business leaders come to you and say, hold on, huge market shift, or I don't know, a global pandemic, we have to stop doing this, or we have to change something. We have to change the scope. We have to add something here. And a lot of times the PMO leaders and project managers are like, whoa, 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 I'm here to protect this golden triangle. I'm here to protect the triple constraint and any changes you want to make. Sorry, that's going to have to wait till later. And they keep moving forward with the goal of making sure those outputs are perfect and that we achieve that time, scope, and cost. And every project manager and the project teams are patting themselves on the back. We did such a great job. Business leaders are saying total failure because the outcomes weren't achieved. So perfecting outputs, one, shows your business leaders that you really don't understand the business and that you're really focused on just making deliverables perfect when they're not necessarily aligned with the strategy and delivering on that strategy. Two, you're going to potentially miss the mark. So all of this being flexible and nimble and shifting our focus, the dynamic of our conversations from how perfect our outputs can be to how close we can get to achieving the outcomes changes the entire way project teams think about the work they do, changes the entire way you define success, changes the entire way about how project managers and PMO leaders show the value they can contribute to the organization. So I think you're right, Ben. I think that is an example of one of the things that I shifted in my language to help when I started teaching PMO leaders and consulting to PMOs and organizations. I was like, I see why there's this gap between the strategy and what you're doing and between the business leaders and what you're doing and why you don't have a seat at the table. They see you as box checkers because you're literally walking around checking boxes mm-hmm. as opposed to making sure that the strategy is getting delivered and that the outcomes are being achieved. So I think you're right. I think sometimes you do have to change the language to get people to think differently. And maybe that's why we there's so much of this rebirth of like calling it different things, all this stuff. And we're like, but Ben, you and I are like, well, we've been doing this forever. <laughs> yeah, but the, the problem is to me, yeah, give it a new name, whatever, as I say, yeah. it, sound, it sounds better. But to me, I did, I did a webcast on this a while ago and we talked about you know mastering strategic planning and, out, and outcome management. And, and I think the truth is that we're all still learning, right? We don't right. know it all right. in any or form. And we've never necessarily been brought into to one methodology. I, I was brought up in the school of smart definition and strategy, right? And I was comparing and charting of OKRs and the cousins of one another, right? Uh, right, at, exactly. At, at, the end, at the end of the day. The problem, as I said earlier, is, is if people give it a new name 
and then repeat all the same mistakes, right? Exactly. All too often exactly. we will walk into, and again, I'm going to sound like a beat up vest on agile. I don't, I don't mean it to be this way. I'll walk into organizations for the bottom up agile transformation, right? And it's buzzword after buzzword after buzzword. It normally starts with a scrum master telling me, well, there's no such, or an agile coach, there's no such thing as a deliverable. And yeah, that's the first thing that kind of alerts me to there's issues in this place. And then they start talking about blank check, bulk funding, outcomes, right? Yeah. And as you, and as you start to scratch, you realize that there is no outcomes, right? And right. really it is just a talk, talking a big game. So right. the problem we found in turn, how we've kind of evolved our, our software around, around the process change is that whether it's benefits realization, whether it's outcome management, whether it's OKR, whatever, right? Inherently, organizations are bad at defining what are the benefit metrics, right? I mean, there's better competency within financial benefit, right. obviously, right. no, but still right. they get locked away in a drawer of part of the business case and never looked at again, right? right? Good, maybe good financial benefit estimating, especially depending on industry, certainly manufacturing, things like that. But no, don't often you know, follow through to, to track it. But more, more often or more so over the last few years, we've seen the real void being in the non-financial, the softer, the yeah. soft metrics and the maturity the in the yeah the, the, the maturity in the organization there right yeah and just being able to standardize a library of reusable both for reusable financial and non-financial metrics is very important right i mean yeah. let's not get carried away and start talking about the run part of this but just being able to build a reusable set of metrics so that you can start to standardize is key and let's also focus on the fact that yeah we we can blame the project execution people but you said this right at the very start that it's important to be able to disseminate and communicate strategy across the organization. And that's on the stakeholders, that's on the executives, right? right. So it shouldn't just be that there are four fluffy strategic objectives out there that need to be interpreted, right? right. Because you know, when you talk about true outcome management and, and strategic planning now, you're talking about coming from the top down, right? right. So you're coming from that actionable, whatever, strategic objective, business driver, whatever you want to call it, and it needs to be measurable. And that's where the metrics come in, right? And that's yeah. where it's important to be able to establish top-down targets for those metrics. And then more importantly, disseminate and communicate the active strategies and metrics across the organization. So it can be coupled with the work. In fact, we did a a session last week on that project executionitis yeah. topic and i think one of the th key things came back was the biggest struggle in terms of benefits realization or value realization or outcome management today was just being able to connect the work with the strategy and the metrics and that's because it's normally held hostage in excel or another system and is not native to the ppm system or the portfolio management system that's integrating with multiple execution tools so it's as simple as that to me it's about can you start coming down with a strategy? Can you define metrics to measure the strategy? And if so, right. can you establish targets at that level? And then can you make sure that they're discoverable in context of the work, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting to see how this plays out because if you, if you really think about top-down strategic planning coming from the strategy down, it's more than likely that you're going to have just a bunch of investments that are kind of stovepipe with that strategy, right? Because you're decomposing the strategy, you're funding right. investment products, programs, initiatives, and then the execution spawns off that versus what we've seen traditionally with the project-driven investment approach, where basically a project could impact as many business strategies as you can to get it funded, right? So I'm, I'm still waiting to see how this plays out. Are we going to see yeah. scope piping of investments through bulk funding? Or are we still going to see major initiatives that impact multiple strategies? I'm not saying it's right or wrong either way. Yeah. We're, we're, we're still learning how this is going to play out in the real world, right? But to me, when we work with organizations today, just establishing that top-down thinking and yes. starting to put the first attempt at standardization of a reusable library of metrics, both financial and non-financial, 
but understand, especially around non-financial, that it's probably not complete and there needs to be an amnesty where people can still establish outcomes bottom up through the initiatives or whatever level you're doing it. And then they that also populates the reusable library is about as good as people are, are doing it today, right? Yeah. And then, of course, understanding that we need to treat benefit benefits much like we've treated costs, right? So we would right. never have just stood still and estimated cost and forgotten about it. So to me, in the cruel walk run, once you've established that framework, right? Yes, you must estimate, but we need to establish a process to reforecast continuously, track actuals, you know, as well, right? Kind of where right. people are today. Right. So regardless good. of OKR or regular benefits or right. whatever right. duration we're talking about. Right. Well, so my prediction, which isn't really a prediction as much as an observation of those that have been successful in the past, is that it's probably going to be a combination of both, right? You have your strategic planning, and that's going to define a lot of the initiatives. And then you really should be getting some input, and this might be a good place for PMO to help, from the bottom up to say, okay, well, here's some other things we can do that will help achieve these strategic objectives as well. And those may be cross different departments and a lot of the services as parts of the organization may contribute to that. Like you could have the marketing department or the IT department contribute a change they're making that can align up with a lot of these strategies and help achieve the strategic objectives. So, and like I said, I can pretend it's a prediction, but it's really just an observation of those that are the most successful and that have been successful in decades past by doing a combination of these things. It's 100% right. I mean, the with a slide there, we have a better visual and depiction of this, but we talk about the transition from project driven, which is kind of more bottom up, you know, got strategy, yep. find projects and kind of map them into the strategy, into capability driven that goes beyond projects and everything comes down. The truth is that the capability driven approach is not a standalone thing. It's actually a superset of all. I mean, it's a superset of project driven, product program driven, and more expansion across the organization into, into yep. managing true product services and business IT assets. So you're always going to have bottom-up demand coming in through the project-driven way of thinking. Right. Just have now more of a comprehensive model to assess it, look at it, evaluate it, check redundancy or whatever whatever you're going to do in terms of before you move it on. And again, that's the role of strategic portfolio management, right? It isn't necessarily to for one function in the organization, let's say an enterprise PMO, to right. be big brother and be able to confirm what everyone's working on, but should right. be able to triple check on alignment of things and encourage different approaches if needed, right? Right, exactly. Okay, I have one more question for you because I'm just trying to get in the mind of my PMO leaders here and they're saying, okay, wow. Okay, so we've covered a lot. You've sold me that the PMO should be involved in these things, but I'm not sure I have the authority or the perspective or the ability in my organization to do something like this. So with all of the new processes and tools that we've been talking about here, is this something that really belongs in the PMO domain? Is this something for the PMO to tackle? Or is there a need for some more, I don't know, strategic management office, strategic entity, enterprise-wide function that should be solving this problem? Ah, good question. I mean, uh, to me, every PMO, regardless of what, I don't like the term, but domain PMO, where you have a PMO that's part of IT or, or give yeah. a civil business unit or function, yeah, yeah. By, by definition, their focus should be as much on execution as, as it is aspects of portfolio management, right? But you're still right. looking at maybe orchestration through roadmaps, capacity planning, financial management, right. some of the stuff that we, we've already talked about. So even a more of a execution-focused PMO, and there's nothing wrong with that function still, it, it's, 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 it's needed, Know, needs to focus on portfolio management. And, and my guess is it's 100% aligned with what they need to do, right? So if they're not doing it well, uh, they're probably doing it in Excel, right? They, they are focused on aspects of, of portfolio management. Right. 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 Now, you can do it on a whiteboard to start, but at least yeah. have it written down somewhere. <laughs> now, I, we do believe and we are seeing that, that there needs to be 
that enterprise functions we talked about enterprise yes. demo strategy realization office right right to me what what's interesting about that is that strategic portfolio management cuts across multiple domains right we mm-hmm. will often from a, a competing tool set point of view you know, be up against fpna tools right which are coming right. from you know, financial planning analytics they're coming from uh, right you know, the office of the cfo right so when we think about that strategic function whatever you call it that enterprise control office you know it really is often dotted line into a c level exec that's not the cio right whatever CEO, COO, CEO, whatever, CFO, right? And there's a lot of overlap between other disciplines. So yeah, to the to the PMO that doesn't think that that's their responsibility, right? Then I think you, you've got to understand the fact, as you said earlier, the, the value that you can bring to the function or the, right. the enterprise at large and understand that, that let's go and lobby to create that function if needed. Right. Right. And connect the dots in your organization with strategic planning office, with this with right. the planning team from the office of the CFO and, and so on. And right. understand that that enterprise function is not going to be just people with program execution capabilities. It's going to be a representation of all these functions across the business, strategic planning, finance, HR to a degree, line of business representation, and of course, IT. And even if you're coming as the program execution experts, right? using the right-hand side of your brain, no, expand no, expand your value to the organization by saying, look, we, we can help connect the dots here and provide an integrated discipline with these functions uh, by using the left-hand side of my brain, which is the portfolio management. Right? And I tell you, I mean, we've seen a lot of people kind of say, look, you know, I'm 10 years away from retirement, so I'm going to switch from waterfall to agile. That's going to get me through it because the change is as good as a holiday. No, don't do that. Switch to portfolio management. You're going to find it a lot more interesting, right? Become, <laughs> you know, a VC of your portfolio, right? Nothing against Agile. Still understand Agile techniques, right? Right. If you look, if you're looking for a way to reinvent yourself within the function, if you're looking for a way to add more value to your organization, if you're just looking to just be immersed in something very interesting, because I've been doing this for 20 years and there's about 20 more years worth of learning because this discipline right. is evolving quickly, then yeah good way to spend the next 10 years of your life. Absolutely. It's about making an impact. And it's, you know, and I think you said that so perfectly. I think that PMO leaders, you should be looking for a way to help put your business leaders in a position where the only logical answer is yes. Put them in a position where they're like, yes, I need that. This is absolutely helpful by understanding what some of those pain points are, understanding where those gaps are. If you see that there's a lack of strategic alignment from the people that are doing the work to when the the, the organization at the leadership level develops the strategy, close that gap. And Ben's giving you some outstanding ideas and perspectives on why it's important and how to go about doing that. So Ben, thank you so much for being here today. I think you've given our impact drivers a really good sense and hopefully inspired them to go take action on what we've been talking about here. Yeah, well, thanks for having us. Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by UMT 360. Gartner advises any organization looking to drive business agility to adopt a best-of-breed strategic portfolio management solution, in addition to any tools used to manage execution. UMT360 is positioned in Gartner's recent Magic Quadrant report with a solution that delivers all of the missing strategic portfolio management capabilities you'll need to align all execution with strategy. You can learn more at umt360.com. That's umt360.com. 
All right, Impact Drivers, thank you so much for being here for this session. Ben, this was awesome. I really appreciate your time. And this is going to be one high impact session. I can't wait to hear how people are applying what they're learning from this session in their organization. So definitely let Ben know, let me know, keep us posted on your progress and tell us how you are making an impact. That's it for the session. Bye-bye for now.